Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello and welcome. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about the situation in Hong Kong, notably ahead of National Day next week. And with me to do that, I'm joined by our analyst for Asia Pacific, Aidan Mordecai, and our lead analyst for the region, Amy Reynolds. Guys, thanks very much for joining us today. So what is the situation in Hong Kong at the moment? Can you give us a bit of background on the protest movement as a whole? So mass protests have been ongoing in Hong Kong for 16 consecutive weeks now. They first broke out in early June in reaction to the government's attempt to pass a highly controversial bill that would have permitted the extradition of criminals and criminal suspects from Hong Kong to mainland China. And this raised fears that the bill would be used to target political prisoners who would then end up at the mercy of mainland China's highly opaque judicial system. And also more broadly, it ignited rising concerns among the Hong Kong people that their civil and political liberties are being gradually eroded as Beijing's influence in the territory increases. Even though that the controversial bill was eventually withdrawn by the government at the beginning of September, the protests continued with about the same amount of momentum as before. This is because the movement was always about more than just the bill. It was about the rights and the future of Hong Kong democracy as a whole. The protesters have pledged to continue until all five of the demands are met. And when you consider that one of the demands is universal suffrage, a resolution to these protests seem uh, unlikely to be soon. Okay, and uh, Aidan, sticking with you perhaps, on a more tactical level, how has this unrest manifested of late? Well, the protests have been very uh, widely attended. Uh, Most of the protesters are younger people, and there are generally fewer people now than there was at the start of the movement back in June. But we're still talking about tens of thousands of people uh, every weekend, which is when we experience the most disruption. Yeah, and in terms of location, uh, much of the unrest has been concentrated around central areas of Hong Kong Island, where most of the government and administrative buildings are located. So places like Admiralty, Central, Wan Chai, the kind of general CBD area. But we've also seen rallies and unrest across the territory, from busy commercial parts of Kowloon across the harbour, to more remote residential areas of the new territories, uh, and also, of course, on Lantau Island, where the airport's located. So it has been, and I think will continue to be, pretty widespread. And while we've mostly seen rallies and marches, the protesters have branched out into other types of civil dis- civil disobedience, including causing blockages at the airport or on public transport, vandalizing MTR stations, which has caused a temporary closure of those stations. And we have also experienced uh, a couple of general strikes as well. By upping the ante with regard to commercial and economic disruption in this way, the protesters are hoping to put pressure on both the government and as well as continuing to attract the large amount of international attention that they have been. And has there been much violence? I know, we, I know we've seen some, but what have the levels of violence been? Well, the vast majority of protesters have been demonstrating peacefully up to this point. However, there has been a consistent uh, margin of protesters who are consistently violent. 
mostly in the form of clashes between the police and the very hardline activists who are engaged in provocation, as well as ultimately refusing to disperse when told to by police. And in re recent weeks, uh, as tensions and frustrations continue to rise on both sides, as the situation drags on, this violence is becoming more intense, as well as increasingly calming, uh, with police using water cannons, as well as tear gas and rubber bullets. And we have also heard uh, uh, cases of live ammo being used as warning shots. And on the side of the protesters as well, we're now seeing increasingly regular use of petrol bombs causing deliberate fires uh, and brick throwing as well targeted at police. So while there's no direct threat from the protests to the majority of businesses operating in Hong Kong, the escalating level of violence in recent weeks does, I think, pose an elevated incidental risk to people and property in the vicinity. For example, there were fires uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, caused by petrol bombs outside of Wan Chai MTR station, and nearby shops were impacted by this as well. So we've talked about the uh, clashes and the, and the protests happening in the sort of central business district and uh, around the airport as well. Are there any businesses that are directly being targeted? Yes. So on the one hand, businesses are being targeted by the protesters, with their premises vandalized, for example, if they say or do anything that appears to criticize or dismiss the protest movement. We've seen this happen with MTR Corporation, and we also saw this uh, last weekend with regard to a major catering company, Maxim Group. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's a risk of penalization by the mainland Chinese authorities if businesses are perceived in any way to support the protest movement. And we've seen this with Cathay Pacific and also fashion retailer Zara in recent weeks. For businesses, uh, our best advice is to maintain a completely neutral stance and avoid commentating on the protests at all on any public channels if possible. This includes anyone that is connected to the business, not just management, but staff as well, as even off-the-cuff comments can be shared rapidly on social media. Okay, a really good point. So looking forward then into the, uh, the coming weeks, what, uh, what is your prediction for, uh, for the near term? Well, there are a couple of very important dates coming up in, within the next week uh, that could prove to be major flashpoints for larger scale protests that might escalate. On the 1st of October, it's China's National Day, which is their public holiday, which marks the 70th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. So the protesters will be likely to use these dates as, as extra motivation to cause more disruption, as well as garner a larger amount of international attention. On the other hand, authorities will be very keen to avoid any sort of distraction from the celebrations. These two factors and uh, the rising tensions, we can predict that there will be some sort of flashpoint at this, at, at this time. Okay, so it um, looks like there's a bit of a, a, a busy week or two coming up. Um, what about the, the longer term? How do we see this playing out uh, as we look a little further ahead? Well, it seems that the protests are definitely set to continue over the short to medium term at least. The momentum among the protesters is still very much intact. So it doesn't look like there'll be any swift end to the unrest or to the related pressure on businesses. There has been some conjecture in recent weeks about a possible mainland Chinese military invention, intervention. But we assess this to be ultimately a pretty low likelihood scenario, given the, frankly, irreparable damage that it would do to business confidence in Hong Kong. 
and also the potential consequences for China, who use Hong Kong as their economic gateway to the rest of the world. It's more likely, I think, that the authorities are hoping to push the situation onto a similar trajectory to the 2014 umbrella movement protests, which ultimately petered out after several months as apathy among the broader population set in, given the disruption that was caused and the sporadic violence. So we'll be monitoring closely over the coming months for any sign of this, for any sign of an emerging divide between the more violent, hardcore activists and the more peaceful, more moderate majority. For example, if protest numbers uh, dwindle any further, or if local media reporting on the protests becomes more negative. Brilliant. That's really insightful. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, and as ever, we look forward to uh, your further reporting on the uh, issues in, in Hong Kong through our World Risk Register service. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you'd like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at